Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. I'm on your host, Blessing Adelia Jr., and I'm joined by formerly of Android Central, Jennifer Locke. Jennifer, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for inviting me on. Thanks so much for coming through. Now, I need you to tell me about yourself because, of course, Greg mentioned this morning there was a switcheroo he was supposed to host, but then right. uh, he had a nanny situation, so he had to drop out. I had to come through, and I'm excited to be here because I get to learn about you. Uh, for people who don't know, who is Jennifer Locke? Yeah, so I kind of started my career in 2015 as a freelance writer. Uh, I wrote for a website called ICXM. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was basically an Xbox fan site. Um, over the years, I eventually worked my way up towards uh, Mobile Nations, which uh, was a family of websites, Android Central, Windows Central, and iMore. Um, I became the games editor for Android Central, and basically my job was to bolster our PlayStation coverage. And that's what I did for four years until now. Heck yeah. So, like, can you tell me a, a little bit more about your time at uh, Android Central? Because uh, for, for folks who don't know, or if you somehow missed the last few episodes, episodes of KFGD, this week we're doing a, a guest week. We're, we're bringing on folks from Fanbyte. We're bringing on folks like you from Android Central uh, because there's been a series of layoffs that, ha that have happened uh, very recently uh, on this side of the industry. And I think more people are more familiar, at least in our audience, with what's gone on at Fanbyte because we've had right. people like you know Emron and also like my roommate Michael who didn't get laid off but works at Fanbyte right like we have that Fanbyte connection that kind of funny mm -hmm. whereas I think it's rare for us to cross paths uh, between yeah. kind of funny and folks at Windows Central or Android Central uh so could you give kind of the pitch on uh what kind of site uh had uh, was Windows Central slash is Windows Central slash Android Central and then also what was some of the work you were doing there yeah so I mean to start it off we uh, are a few websites under Future PLC. They also own like Games Radar, PC Gamer, stuff like that. Um, we were purchased, I want to say, in 2019. Um, so basically, I know Android Central is kind of a, a weird name to think about when you think of PlayStation, um, but it's mostly a tech website that does guides, reviews, news, um, editorials, stuff like that. Um, basically, your normal tech blog, I guess. Um, so I would manage our our game vertical on that. So I would uh, manage our freelance team. I would uh, create our content plan, uh, reach out to PR for, you know, game codes or console codes or console codes, uh, like early console units. Like we had the PlayStation 5 early to review. Um, so that was mostly my job. Um, I also helped on Windows Central because we are like a family of websites. So I'd work with like uh, Jez Corden and Matt Brown on Xbox stuff. Um, I would uh, eventually branch out from PlayStation, like bolster our Android coverage, because obviously Android fits better with Android Central. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I did as uh, the games editor there. 
I'm glad you mentioned the Android thing because when you started off uh, talking about how you cover PlayStation, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I put it. I put it. I the story number three for folks who don't know is like a big Android story. We're gonna talk about the lot. Lo- yeah. Lo- <laughs> handheld that just announced, and I was like, here we go. We got something from Android Central. So when you started talking about PlayStation, I was like, oh no. I was. I, I trusted you. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm well versed in Android as well. Uh, my my job description kind of changed over the years. Uh, you know, I was initially brought on for PlayStation, and we continued to cover PlayStation, but obviously that's not what you. Think think of when you hear Android Central. So uh, I I did kind of branch out and learn a lot about the Android gaming world. Gotcha. Two things I want to I want to point out slash shout out. First of all, I want to shout out your shirt. I like the shirt. Thank the, you. But, but it's not. Boba Fett. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, okay, yeah. That's it's, real it's Boba Fett. Yeah. I for some, in my head, I had registered it as just like flower <laughs> design. Yeah. Because the colors. But that's actually uh-huh. dope as hell. Holy shit. So shout out to that. Also, shout out to your name is Jennifer Locke. Have you yeah. ever considered suing Roost Teeth because of course they have their show Genlock. Did you ever have are you even familiar so, with Genlock? I am. I people make this joke a lot like, oh Genlock, hey, you know you know that show? And I'm like, I was actually a very big Rooster Teeth fan growing up. You know, I followed Red oh, vs. Yeah. Blue, the podcast, like Achievement Hunter. I was a huge Achievement Hunter fan. Um and I still watch them all the time. Um so yes, people have definitely made that joke before. Amazing. Uh Question for you. How can people follow your work if they want to follow you? Uh, yeah, you, you can follow me on Twitter at genlock95. It's J-E-N-L-O-C-K-E and then just the number 95. And that's my little dog up there, Pumpkin. Amazing. And then also, like, what is, I guess, what's the last week last week been like for you? I know it sucks uh, being laid off and all that stuff. Um, but then, like, have you considered or figured out, like, what the next steps uh, for you are going to be? Like, do you know if you want to stay on the media side? Do you know if you want to go into something else like have you even begun thinking about that stuff yet uh yeah i definitely have and i would love to stay in games media because that's just where my heart lies with games but at the same time uh games media jobs are very uh few and far between and hard to come by um and i'm totally open to branching out to be a community manager or work in games pr or do like you know editorial content management and stuff like that as long as it's you know within the games industry, because that's something that I love. I, I grew up with it. That's what I've been doing my entire life. I, I don't want to leave that. Amazing. Of course, if you're in the position to hire people in the games industry, Genlock95 is where you can uh, go check out Jen on Twitter. Uh, last question for you. Favorite game of all time? Dishonored. I was thinking oh. about this earlier. There's a few games I could go with, but I only have a Dishonored tattoo, and I only have one video game too, and it's tattoo, and it's that one. So. Hell yeah. Dishonored or Dishonored 2? Ooh. You know what? I would say the first one. I, wow, okay. I think that the second one um, improved in a lot of ways, but there's just something about the first you, one that I think was really special. You got something against the Clockwork Mansion. I understand. I, uh, lit, I love the Clockwork Mansion. The Clockwork Mansion and the, um, I always forget the name of the Crack in the Slab, I think was the name yeah. of that yep. other mission. Those are the two missions that like define that game for me. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, those, are, those missions for sure elevated that game for me. I hope they make Dishonored 3 one day, even though at this point I don't have much faith because Deathloop is such a hit and then also praised dope as hell. And they have like a bunch of other stuff they can do. Yeah, Redfall's coming out. I'm Red excited Falls for that coming one too. Out. Oh yeah. Are you, I, would you then say Arcane is probably your favorite studio also? Yes. Hands down. I, I don't think they've made a bad game. I, I love Arcane. You're a person of taste. Yes. Thank you. Hell yeah. 
Uh, well, Jen, let's talk about today's stories, which include Twitch controversy heating up. Logitech announces their new gaming handheld and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Roosteeth.com. Or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with an exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you do you like bless who kind of funny games cast trivia post show well the poll is back uh, open for the fan, fan favorite kind of uh, fan favorite game kind of beauty you can go over to my twitter find the tweet and fill out the prompts to help shape the answers on the show uh of course if you listen to the games cast post show you know exactly what kind of beauty is here's what i need from you because usually for the write-ins we get like about like 1300 answers for this thing last i checked uh, this thing went up yesterday morning uh it's at around like a thousand so if i can get a few more hundred of you to go over go to my twitter find the tweet click through the prompt fill out the prompts it's actually a really fun questionnaire to fill out usually people have a really good time filling this thing out go over there do it it helps out a lot with the show uh, and it allows us to have like vibrant good ass answers that piss off um the rest of the hosts not because they're bad answers but because they're bad at the game uh so go do that for me though i will say don't fuck me on this because <laughs> like some of y'all go in there and you guys like you guys like to annoy me sometimes right and like just write nonsense answers sometimes like greg tim um uh andy if you're listening to this i need you to mute for the next 10 seconds there's one question in there where i ask people hey you know name a title of a kirby game and somebody wrote the last of us and do you know what i did i deleted <laughs> all that person's answers i'm not standing for that all right treat it seriously treat it with respect i want this game to be dope i want it to be fun i want it to be great and so go do that to me again blessing jr on twitter find the tweet fill it out uh, but then also, P.S. I love you, XOXO is recording today, and it's our God of War 2018 re-review. You can go over to patreon.com slash games to get your write-ins read on the show. Uh, then that episode will go up for everyone on Thursday. Uh, there's also a new Kind of Funny X cast up right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on pod podcast services around the globe. Uh, they talk about whether or not PlayStation could get Call of Duty blocked from being an exclusive. Uh, so go check that out. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Fargo Brady. Today we're about to you by Shopify and MeUndies, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Twitch cracks down on gambling streams after recent controversies. This comes from Ryan Leston at IGN. Twitch has banned the streaming of slots, roulette, and dice games that involve betting real money. A popular Twitch streamer has confessed to scamming his followers and fellow streamers out of around $300,000 to pay his gambling ex expenses, and this prompted users to call for Twitch to ban all gambling streams. Now, the company has responded by banning any streams that include slots, roulette, or dice games. The ban will take effect from October 18, 2022. 
Quote, we'll be making a policy update on October 18th to prohibit to, to prohibit streamers or sorry, prohibit streaming of gambling sites that include slots, roulette or dice games that aren't licensed either in the U.S. or other jurisdictions that uh, that provide sufficient co consumer protection, end quote, said in an official statement. However, the bans are also likely to affect several other prominent streamers. Streamers XQC and Trainwreck both gain sponsorship deals from Stake.com to stream their own online gambling. While XQC has stepped up to, to help those scammed by its slicker, of course, that is who originally confessed that they scammed uh, a bunch of people, offering victims their money back along with help from Ludwig Agrin. Uh, he also retweeted a statement from Trainwreck, uh, which, which attempts to shift the, he the heat uh, off the gambling sites. Quote, to be clear, the people scapegoating slots, BJ, and roulette, uh, and not blaming the individual are the real problem, he said. Quote, with that said, the streamers and viewers who sell a false reality should be banned, he, he added. Quote, people who gatekeep giveaways through codes that require you to gamble should be banned. People who, who hide all losses and only show wins should be banned. Things like this are predatory, end quote. What these popular streamers will do after October 18th remains to be seen. Jen, did you get to follow this whole uh, Twitch gambling saga as it, as it was happening? I did a little bit, and I think it's... It, it, the announcement that they were banning gambling kind of came too late, in my opinion, because I saw a lot of people online saying, hey, why aren't they banning this? Why aren't they banning this? And I get that a statement like that, you know, has to come together and it takes time, but um, it it is a predatory practice and it is dangerous, and I'm glad Twitch finally spoke up to do something about it. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see what happens uh, come October 18th. Yeah, I was it's fun. It's funny because this one broke last night and it's been going on for about the last week of people speaking up about this gambling situation, and how people are getting scammed out of a lot of money. Right. And people yeah. were very vocal about it. People were people like very big Twitch streamers uh, were very vocal about it. Right. Mm -hmm. The thing I saw was a video of quite a few, quite a few of the biggest streamers of the platform being like, yo, we should strike and we should we should take off holiday. Right, because yeah. that's where Twitch makes most of this money. So let's take off holiday. That way we can hit we can hit them um, uh, where it hurts. Right, hit them in their wallets um, to make to make sure they know about this thing. Right, make sure they know that we're vocal about this and we and we mean business about it. So to see them respond and uh, see them be very like clear about it. Right, hey, we're ga we're removing gambling from from Twitch. We're banning it. We're gonna like abide by what you guys are asking for us. Seeing this last night, I was impressed. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like they're doing the thing. Uh, it looks like the people won, and now you know you have no reason to be mad at Twitch. Not not one reason whatsoever. Until yeah. <laughs> until a few hours later, in the middle of the night, Twitch uh, released a statement about something else. And this is our story number two. Twitch <laughs> is cutting how much its biggest streamers earn from subs. This comes from Jay Peters at The Verge. Twitch is reducing how much money it shares with some of its biggest streamers on the platform. Right now, the majority of partnered streamers receive a 50-50 revenue share on subscriptions to their channel. That means 50% of net revenue goes to Twitch, while 50% goes to the streamer themselves. However, Twitch has negotiated premium subscription terms with some bigger streamers that give them a 70-30 revenue split, and, and that split is what's going to change. Under the new policy, streamers with premium terms will keep 70% of their subscription revenue on the first $100,000 earned. But after that, the share will go down to a 50-50 split. The changes kick into effect on June 1st, 2023, and even then only when a streamer's contract with Twitch is up for renewal, according to a blog post from Twitch president Dan Clancy. So, 
again, last night they put out the good news. All right, yep. gambling is done. Then in the middle of the night, they put out the bad news of, hey, we're not doing 70-30 anymore. Everybody's going to a 50-50 split. This is going to be the standard moving forward. Have, were you able to, to uh, check out this as it was happening this morning? Uh, I was. I woke up and I was like, oh, that happened because I, I, while I'm not a Twitch partner myself, I do follow a lot of Twitch streamers and they were clearly not happy about this and they have a, a right to be angry. Like Twitch tried burying that news right after they got some good publicity last night. And it's, it's not fair. I mean, Twitch is owned by Amazon. They make, a Amazon makes billions of dollars and it's just kind of ridiculous that Twitch is going to, to shaft its streamers like that. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating because there's a lot to dig into. You know, I've been, uh, lucky enough to work with and be friends with Andy Cortez, right? And Andy mm -hmm. is one that, like, I've seen him try and fight for that better split on Twitch, yeah. right? Like, let alone, like, a lot of streamers on the platform trying to fight for that better split because, you know, 70-30, I would think, is a more standardized approach yeah. to things, right? Like, I, a, a lot of sponsorships, sponsorships, a lot of partnerships uh, of, of this kind see more of a 70-30 split as opposed to a 50-50 split. And Twitch did put out a long blog post about it, right? Kind of trying mm -hmm. to explain themselves. And reading through the blog post for me makes it even more interesting of a thing. So what I want to do is I want to hop into the blog post uh, that Twitch put, but, but I want to hop in specifically into a section where they talk about why not the 70-30 split, all right? So stick with me here. The blog post reads like this. At the, at, at the time of this posting, more than 22,000 of you have weighed in on user voice, asking us to move all streamers to 70-30 and to pay streamers faster. Let's chat about the latter part first. As you probably heard by now, we're in the middle of rolling out uh, the, largest pay the largest change to payouts in years by cutting the payout threshold in half to $50. This is an important middle step that will help streamers put money in their pockets now, while getting us closer to our goal of, of same-day payouts and lower thresholds. Investments like these are paying off for streamers. Products like Prime Subs, Community Gifting, Hype Train, and the Ads Incentive Program, to name a few, have driven an increase of 27% more streamer revenue per viewer hour every year over the last five years. This means the same viewer hour now earns you three times more money than it did five years ago on average. Our investments into your monetization options have already and continue to put out uh, more money into streamers' pockets than 20% more subs, uh, subs' revenue share would have. Prime subs often get lost in the conversation when it comes to revenue share. For Prime subs, we pay streamers the same amount they'd receive for a regular subscription, even though it is included at, uh, as an added benefit for their Prime subscription. Combined with other monetization products, Prime Subs increase your effective revenue share by approximately 15% to about 65% total. This number varies by streamer size and location, but subscription revenue share is not the full picture on revenue share for streamers. Lastly, we have to talk about the cost of our service. Delivering high definition, low latency, always available live video to nearly every corner of the world is expensive. Using the published rates from Amazon Web Services Interactive Video Service, or IVS, which is essentially Twitch video, uh, live video costs for a 100ccu streamer who streams 200 hours a month are more than, than $1,000 per month. We don't typically talk about this because, frankly, you shouldn't have to think about it. We'd rather you focus on doing what you do best. But to fully answer the question of why not the 70-30 split, ignoring the high cost of delivering the Twitch service would have meant giving you an incomplete answer. Now, there's a lot in there, but the argument that they're making is that they've done so much in terms of 
services and features of the platform, right? Mm -hmm. Hype train, um, uh, prime subs, community gifting, yada, 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 to increase the um, the overall revenue so much that uh, the their, their argument is that the 70-30 is worth less, right? It's like the 50-50 the 50, 50 gets sure. the job done in terms of the amount of money you're making overall because of the work that they've done over the years to make Twitch a better platform, which I don't buy, but I don't know. Jen, do you, what's your take on this? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm not going to pretend that I understand like all of the business decisions that went into that. And, um, you know, I respect that it, it takes money to run that platform at the same time, that platform does not exist without the streamers. And I think people forget that streaming can be a very taxing, difficult career. And these people are sometimes sacrificing their health to do it. And they absolutely deserve that 70, 30 split. Um, Twitch makes more than enough money, I'm sure. If not Twitch, then Amazon. It just sounds ridiculous to me. Yeah, and that's my that's my thing, right? Like you you bring in Amazon, and yeah, part of this part of this blog post they're talking about, hey, like yeah, like using the published rates from Amazon Web Services, like that costs a lot of money, and that makes sense until you until you think about the fact that Amazon owns Twitch, right? Yeah. And like you guys are either you guys are getting a, getting a deal on this, right? You guys aren't paying as much a, as a completely third party platform using the same Amazon web services, right? And like I don't know, when you take Twitch, when you combine it with Amazon, this bigger organization, right? This bigger corporation mm -hmm. that's making all this money, one of the most uh, profitable organizations in the world, and you look at this 50/50 split situation, it's like y'all are really nickeling and diming for something you don't need to nickel and dime for, right? And um the end result of this i see is people fleeing the platform like i think this will mm -hmm. bring more people into youtube and i don't know people maybe people go go to facebook gaming that i doubt <laughs> a little bit but yeah we'll see i you know twi i i think this is very fascinating for the um competition aspect of mm -hmm. twitch youtube and the entire like streaming wars because the more and more twitch makes decisions like this the more and more i think youtube becomes enticing and i'm fascinated to see a year from now, especially when these when um, these contracts start to go up in the 70-30 split and the 50-50 becomes more standardized between everybody, I'm curious to see where people go, how people decide. Like, are you going to see now all of the biggest Twitch streamers move over to YouTube? Because you've already seen a big handful of them do mm -hmm. so already. Um, I think that's the fascinating part of it. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening because, as, you, as you've said, a lot of Twitch streamers have made that move to YouTube and YouTube is doing what they can to, to court the rest of them. You know, I think recently YouTube said it was going to start paying out for for YouTube shorts or something. Uh, I can't remember specifically, um, but, you know, that that's definitely an incentive to go to that platform. Yeah. One thing I, one thing I saw as I was, um, you know, looking through this story and reading what people had to say on Twitter, there is a. Uh, one post from Ryan Wyatt, uh, aka Fwiz, who uh, was head of YouTube before mm -hmm. he, before he left, he put out his own response to this whole situation, which I find interesting from somebody who, again, was the head of YouTube. Right? This is what he this is what he posted on Twitter today. I love Twitch, despite running gaming at YouTube for almost eight years. Twitch is where I first found my home as a streamer in 2010. Having said that, this is disheartening to take creator earnings in this fashion, and I'm hopeful they will get the, get this right long term. For non-ads revenue, regardless of size, the creators should be getting a disproportionate amount. This shouldn't even be up for debate. Creators drive a disproportionate amount of work to, to grow non-ads revenue. They're doing the legwork to move these products, unlike selling ads against their content. 
70-30 for every single dollar for all creators should be the expected norm on non-ads uh, monetization products. Understanding that Twitch needs to generate and grow revenue, the real focus should be increasing viewership across the platform to scale ad dollars. I understand the pressure to grow revenue and maintain a positive P&L relative to infrastructure costs. I am certain their infrastructure costs are significant, despite even an Amazon discount. The other issue here is that meaningfully growing uh, live watch time relative to VOD slash short form is very hard to do. You need, to, you need significant broadcast hours to do it, and there are, not, there are not a lot of great categories outside of gaming and IRL to expand. Hence, growing revenue becomes challenging. You are forced to change monetization rev share, increase ads against live content, etc. You don't have a lot of levers to pull to grow revenue if you aren't scaling watch time substantially. This is the conundrum that live-only platforms will face. The best way for Twitch to grow monetization would be uh, not to be short-sighted and take advantage of their live dominance by adjusting rev share, but rather leverage that dominance to grow non-live game gaming viewership on the platform to help scale their ads, uh, ads business out. This would alleviate the unnecessary rev share changes uh, that would drive creators to other platforms as well as, as distribute the ad load uh, balance on live content to better serve users. I'm hopeful for a better future, right? And I think, again, a lot of this is fascinating. A lot of this is interesting. Mm -hmm. There's like a lot to dig into because a lot of this is just pure business and streaming stuff. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the idea that um, the 50-50 revenue split for a lot of people, right? I the what I think uh, it could do is disincentivize people in terms of really driving those subs on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, Cause you have people who are working real hard to make that stuff happen already. Right. Like Twitch as a platform, you know, they're not the ones that are necessarily, uh, they do the hype training. They do all that stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, it's on me as the, as a host yep. and as a Twitch streamer to really motivate my audience to, to sub to my platform. Right to motivate them to like to support, motivate them to do to to um, uh, donate, do all that stuff. Right, yep. a lot of that still, a lot of that groundwork is on me, and I think that fifty fifty does not represent that whatsoever. But then, yeah, I think mm -hmm. the idea of Twitch needing to essentially go uh, go harder with the vods, I think I think that too. Right, like so many, so many when I Twitch stream, right, so many of my viewers uh, watch VOD content and it surprises mm -hmm. me whenever I look back and look at the views and I'm like, Oh, y'all are really watching this after the fact. Uh, and it makes, it makes me feel guilty because a lot of time I'm playing licensed music and that shit gets muted. And so people, can uh, watch it. Yeah. uh, but yeah, like that has potential to be a huge part of the platform. And I think Twitch is dropping the ball by not going real hard on that and, and trying to make that a core feature of, um, of the website. Right. You see so many streamers uploading VOD content to YouTube instead because YouTube yep. has that on lock. Uh, and I think that I'm, I'm with Wiz here that like there, there's ground, there's ground to be gained doing that. Um, and I think that'll be a better focus of their time as opposed to um, implementing this, the, the 70, 30 or sorry, the 50, 50 split, but that's just me. Yeah, no, I, I totally see what you're saying. And what Fuz was saying, I mean, I, I don't think Twitch is going about this right. And Twitch has made some like not great decisions recently. I think um, they stopped the the ability for people to host other channels on their channel. Uh, it's just weird. Yeah. Do you stream at all? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I I just play on my like Xbox and PlayStation, and I usually just play single player games because I'm a loner and and that's what I like to do. But. I feel that I it's funny because like when I stream I stream very casually right like I'm not mm -hmm. I, I I don't look at myself like um like Snow Mike Mike on our team or Andy or Andy on our team that like 
those guys are professional streamers. Like they're doing right, it consistently yeah. and they're killing it. And like, you know, Andy uploads his vlog content. Like they go hard with it. Whereas, you know, I stream, I have like periods of streaming where uh, all of a sudden I'm like, you know what, man, I ain't got nothing I'm doing this week. Let's stream every single day this week. That's been mm -hmm. me for this last week where like, you know, I played Wolong Fallen Dynasty. I played, um, uh, I played a lot of God of War because we're reviewing mm -hmm. God of War today on First right. Love You. And it's like a nice passive, um, way for me to enjoy a game uh yeah. i think being able to talk to somebody while while uh playing a game can sometimes make the experience more enjoyable um but i think it's it, it's fascinating to like do it and then you know get the get money through subs and all that stuff and go oh that's nice right and then like see mm -hmm. you, like getting a taste of the people that uh getting a taste of what the people experience that do it full-time or, or um do it with way more effort i can understand like the appeal of Oh man, let me do this full time. Oh man, let me get that seventy thirty right. Like right, uh, yep. like it's a it's a it's a it's a fun thing to do for me in in, uh, in my free time. But um, yeah, I feel for people that had to like have this back and forth with Twitch as a company to figure out like how much money am I actually gonna be able to make next year off this thing? Yeah, now, definitely. Before we move on to our next news story, I don't know if people know about patreoncom slash games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by me, Undies. We've all heard of gut instinct, but have you ever heard of butt instinct? It's when your butt tells you it wants new undies. Listen to your butt. Luckily, we work with me, Undies, makers of the most buttery, soft, and sustainable undies, bralettes, and socks that exist. You know that I have lived my life, me, Undies, head to toe, for the majority of the last couple years. I'm just all in on me, Undies, because they are absolutely the most comfortable uh, clothes I've ever put on my body. Available in sizes extra small to 4XL. They have new colors and prints dropping weekly, so there's always something exciting to check out. You can try their free-to-join membership for free shipping on every order and exclusive perks. Like an item shipped to your door every month, secret sales, and early access to their newest stuff. MeUndies has a great offer for you guys out there. For any first-time purchasers, you get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Shout out to Shopify for sponsoring this episode. Shopify powers our very own kindoffunny.com slash store, our merch store. And we love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Shopify unlocks the opportunity of your business to more people every day, every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur like you makes the first sale on Shopify. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps. It's more than a store, Shopify grows with you. You can go to shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash kfgames, all lowercase. Story number three, Logitech has officially revealed their gaming handheld. This comes from Tom Warren at The Verge. 
Logitech is officially announcing its G Cloud gaming handheld today after a teaser and a leak last month. The Android-powered $349.99 handheld will arrive on October 17th with access to the Google Play Store, Xbox Cloud Gaming, and NVIDIA's GeForce Now service. While you'll be able to play Android mobile games, the focus is really on cloud gaming, and the handheld has been engineered this way to provide 12 hours of, uh, or more of battery life. The cloud gaming handheld has a 7-inch 1080p IPS touchscreen with a 16 by 9 aspect ratio and 60 hertz refresh rate. The white handheld includes two offset analog thumbsticks, a D-pad, and Y, B, A, and X buttons. There's also four more buttons at the front, Logitech G Home, Menu, and a, a Context Menu button. Inside, Logitech is using a Qualcomm Snapdragon 720G processor, which is an octa-core CPU that runs up to 2.3 gigahertz. Logitech has also provided a micro SD card for expansion, but there's no 5G or SIM card support here, so you'll always need to, to be near Wi-Fi for cloud games. Logitech has worked with Microsoft and NVIDIA to integrate Xbox Cloud Gaming and NVIDIA's GeForce Now service into the handheld. Logitech has also partnered with Tencent on this handheld and has leaned on the Chinese company's expertise in software to help design the Android launcher. Logitech appears to be testing the waters by limiting the launch of the G Cloud gaming handheld to the US and Canada in October. To entice early adopters, there's a limited $299.99 pre-order offer ahead of the retail price of $349.99. This pricing is right between the Nintendo Switch at $300 and the Steam Deck at $400, so it could be a tough sell for what's mostly a cloud gaming device. Jen, have you been keeping up with this? Uh, I have. I I saw when it leaked, and now that it's official, I, I really don't see who it's for. Like, no offense to, to Logitech, but my cell phone can do all that. I respect that it has, you know, integrated Game Pass and NVIDIA GeForce Now, but that's a cell phone with a mobile game controller, <laughs> like. See, that's been that's been our read on it, too, as it's been getting leaked and teased is Okay, let's see what the price is for this thing. Cause like, yeah, sure. for what for what is a streaming device with Android in there? Yeah, like we're talking about my phone, right? Like I mm -hmm. already have an Android device on me, right? Kevin has an Android device. Uh, but if I'm looking for something that is a handheld gaming thing, yeah, I got the Steam Deck, right? If I'm looking mm -hmm. at a stream, I got my Samsung Smart TV. I have a desktop, right? Um, I for me, I was looking for price, and the price being three hundred and fifty dollars for this thing. For me, that's kind of the nail in the coffin. But I mm -hmm. will say, I saw uh, th there have been previews popping up. People have gotten to get their hands on it so far. Uh, Paris did a video that he uploaded to Twitter, and I think he's going to talk about it on Xcast uh, um, probably next week. But like, it seems cool. Like, it seems like a like an all right, like um, uh, a piece of hardware, right? Like yeah. it, when when Paris is holding it, I'm like, yeah, I would I would keep something like that around just to mm -hmm. like may maybe play a game or two on it. But it's not something that. I would pay $350 for it. And it's not something that I would see myself using consistently. No, I agree. Um, especially at the price point, like I'll go get, you know, whatever the next Nintendo Switch is whenever it comes out. Cause I already bought the OLED when I didn't need to, I had a perfectly fine Nintendo Switch, but I needed the OLED. Um, is, there, is there like an audience you, you see like actually picking this up, you know, as somebody who's again on the Android side of things, yeah. who does pay attention to this stuff. Does this appeal to anybody in your eyes? <sighs> It's it's really hard to say uh, because, I mean, cloud streaming does rely so much on your internet and your infrastructure there. So, you know, for people who maybe live out in the Midwest or they don't have great internet service, 
the cloud streaming isn't going to do much for them. Um, I would have thought differently if it maybe had it played games natively, or I'm sure it does play games natively, but it's very much like uh, trying to market itself as a cloud streaming service or a cloud streaming platform. Um, so I, I honestly don't see where it's going to sell, but um, if people buy it and pick it up and it seems neat, then more power to them, you know? Uh, I'm I'm all for making games more accessible to people, and if that's the way to do it, okay. One hundred percent. Now I want to bring I want I want to welcome to the show the one and only Paris Lilly, who again has gotten his hands on the device. Paris, how's it going? I'm doing good. You know, I'm always listening. So when I heard you talking about this, I figured I'd give my two cents since I won't be able to talk about it on Xcast until next week. Um, I think you guys are 100% spot on when it comes to the price. That's going to be the thing that holds this back. When you compare it to the Steam Deck, which you can get for, what, 50 about 50 bucks more, whatever the case may be, right? It's not that much more expensive. Obviously, a Switch is comparatively priced to this, and this is a cloud device. And to the point, you can do this on your phone already. There's other devices that you can use that can already do this that you probably own. I mean, at its core, this this uh, Logitech cloud device, it, it's an Android tablet. That's exactly what mm -hmm. it is. You know, you can download Android apps, you can do the whole thing. So you can replicate anything that you can do on this Logitech device on your Android phone, on your Android tablet. I like it. Don't, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I think the build quality on it is very good. It's very light to, to hold, so you won't get fatigued while you're trying to game on it. Game Pass works great on it. GeForce Now works great on it. Locally with Steam Link work fine. I've, I've had no issue playing any games. The screen being seven inches in 1080p, it's fantastic, but it's $300. Do I really want to spend $300 on this? And that's going to be the big thing. I think as you see people with previews and reviews of this, they're going to enjoy the product for what it is. But you're, I think the sticking point is going to be that price. It, it just, I, I think if it came in at $199, it, it'd be a lot more receptive, but I think $300 is just a little too much. I mean, yeah, you're talking mm -hmm. about $300 to in this pre-order phase, right? But when it's actually out, it's going to be $350. And I had to like, I had to Google to double check. The PS5 costs $400. Like yes, you're talking about yes, $50 more dollars for a PS5 that I would just, you know, bump that up and go and, and go that direction instead, right? You're talking about $50 less for a Nintendo Switch. Um, I think I, I think that price is rough, but like, my question for you, Paris, as somebody who who's gotten their hands on it, do you how how long do you see yourself using this thing? Like, do you see yourself a few months from now still picking up the uh, the Logitech device to use it? Well, it's like the one thing I said in that that video I threw up on on, on Twitter. It doesn't have a cell connection on it, so mm -hmm. I'm basically limited to using this in the house or if I'm at some place that has Wi-Fi. I already have a Steam Deck <laughs> that yeah. does all of this. I have my mobile phone, which does all of this. So I don't know how practical this is truly going to be. Other than I, I really do like the screen. <laughs> the screen is really nice. Yeah. But so is the Steam Deck one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the fact that I already own something that can do everything that this one does kind of limits me wanting to this be my default thing that I want to pick up for a handheld to play. Not to mention, I can't play local games on this as well, but I can on my Steam Deck. So again, that's another strike against it. Gotcha. Uh, well, of course, listen to Xcast next week. I'm sure Paris will uh, dive even deeper to his uh, with his time with the G Cloud Gaming handheld. Uh, Paris, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you. Hell yeah. Let's hop into story number four. 2K has been hacked. This comes from Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. 
2K has confirmed that its customer support services were compromised this week and has warned players to change their passwords. In a post on Twitter, the company said that it had, quote, become aware that an unauthorized third party illegally accessed the credentials of one of our vendors to help to, uh, to the help desk platform that 2K uses to provide support to our customers, end quote. It then confirmed that the third party had sent malicious links to some players. 2K support recommends that any player who may have clicked on the link reset any passwords they have stored in a web browser. Quote, we will issue a notice when you can resume interacting with the official 2K help desk emails. And we'll also follow up with additional information as to how you can best protect yourself against any malicious activity. End quote. The 2K support system covered games like like 2K's NBA, I don't know why they didn't say NBA 2K, uh, and WWE titles as well, as well as the Borderlands series. Uh, this sucks, man. And like, this is the latest in quite a few hacks that have happened very recently mm -hmm. in the games industry. Like, this is pretty, this is pretty bad. Yeah, and I know some people would look at the Rockstar and say, well, the Rockstar League and say, well, that doesn't affect me. And I think it's kind of shitty to think that way. But this one especially, um, this is affecting a lot of 2K, 2K players. And it's coming from an official source. Like, you think you can trust a 2K support uh, email, but they got hacked. So that's, it's really tough on a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, no, so like, like you mentioned, right, a lot of people uh, are in the range to be affected by this, right? When you're talking yeah. about NBA 2K, which a lot of people play, when you're talking about WWE 2K, which Greg Miller plays, and when you're talking about Borderlands, which a lot of people play, right? Yeah. Like, those, that's a, that's a, that's a, um, uh, a large span of people right there that have the potential to, uh, to either get fooled or get hacked uh, or get their information accessed in this way. Mm -hmm. uh, so that absolutely sucks. Uh, fuck the hackers that have been ruining everybody's day yep. in the last yep. the last week. Uh, it's very frustrating. What's been? Uh, are you a GTA person? I am not a GTA person. <laughs> have you been at all like looking into the GTA leak stuff or hack stuff? Like, do you have a read on that? So I, I think it was Sunday morning, I woke up and I saw GTA 6 trending and I'm like, oh, okay, what happened now? Because it, it trends now and again, just people are like, oh, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? And I saw like, oh shit, there are some videos that have leaked. And I didn't, I saw that there were like 90 or whatever. I didn't go through and look through all of them, but um, I did see uh, two, or 2K, uh, Rockstar's response uh, to being essentially uh, illegally hacked and the FBI involved. And uh, that's really scary. I, I feel for the team at Rockstar because I, I can't imagine just that happening to my work. And that it's just, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. And dude, it's so messy. Like I've not, yeah. I've not gotten to be on a piece of content since uh, it's happened, but I've been listening and watching and reading so much. And uh, my one takeaway is that Oh man, that person better be in hiding. Whoever like that yeah. person that leaked all that stuff, like they better be trying to escape the country right now or something. Because oh man, is Rockstar gonna make it rain down upon you? <laughs> right. And I, I like the balls to say like, oh, Rockstar, get in contact with me. Like contact my lawyer. Like they're trying to hold him ransom for something. No, Rockstar's gonna like sue you for everything you're worth. One one thousand percent, and so I'm curious to see how that develops. You know, the last the story yesterday was that the FBI is involved because also like they also hacked Uber, and so now Uber and Rockstar are working together yep. to take out this man uh, or this person, and so yep. we'll see if they get away with it. Uh, my prediction is no. I, my prediction is that they're going to see a jail sale. Um, yeah. So good luck to that person. Yeah. Uh, I... Of course, leaks often suck, but there's one leak 
that keeps on giving. All right, let's talk about the NVIDIA leak with story number five. Another another one of those games in the NVIDIA leak has been confirmed. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. A PC version of PlayStation's Sackboy A Big Adventure has all but been confirmed after an image for the game was uploaded to Steam's database. A listing first appeared on Steam's database last October and was strongly suspected of being the sumo-made platformer uh, due to references to Marmalade, a codename first used in last year's huge leak of unannounced games on NVIDIA's GeForce Now. As logged by SteamDB, the same da- the same database listing has now been has now added an icon hosted on Steam's own servers, which seemingly confirms the project is indeed Sackboy: A Big Adventure. Two questions for you, Jen. One, yeah. have you gotten to play Sackboy: A Big Adventure? And then also, like, have you gotten to check out the the Nvidia leak since it's been happening? Because like, it's 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 just it's just a checkbox after checkbox of confirmed confirmed this thing exists kingdom hearts 4 exists yep. resident evil 4 exists like a bunch of games where we're like there's no way that's in the works right now all of them getting confirmed one by one. Oh yeah i mean yes to both questions i i love platformers and while i mostly pay, play like uh 2d side scrolling platformers 3d platformers are still amazing and i had a lot of fun with Stackboy. uh and i have seen the the nvidia leak i have been kind of keeping tabs on it um I, I think it's pretty much safe to say that everything on that list either is real or was real at one point, because obviously, yep. you know, plans change, stuff gets gets canceled or, you know, what have you. Um, but yeah, man, that's that has to be one of the, the biggest like all around leaks um, of the last few years. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I'm looking at it right now and I'm trying to. I'm just I'm just wondering where is my Mirror's Edge RTX remaster? Portal, <laughs> like Portal got announced yesterday, yeah, and so like yeah. we can't be far off from from this Mirror Mirror's Edge thing happening. And Mirror's Edge, like for those who don't know, Mirror's oh damn Tekken Eight was on this thing too. Mirror's Edge was or has been like my go to tech check game where whenever I get like a new Xbox, I always boot up Mirror's Edge. I did it when I first got my Xbox mm-hmm. One. I was like, all right, let's see how Mirror's Edge runs on this thing, right? When I get a PC, I play Mirror's Edge. When I got my Xbox Series X. First game I downloaded was Mirror's Edge, just because I love Mirror's Edge so much, but it's also lovely to see it running slightly better every single time. And so once this RTX remaster finally gets confirmed, oh boy, oh boy. Also, like, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 HD were on this list. Mortal Kombat 12 is on this list. Injustice 3 Gods Will Fall is on this Mm -hmm, list. Yep. And again, like you say, right, plans change, development's hard, games can get canceled, right? Like, not every... at least my prediction is that not every single game on this list will end up coming out mm-hmm. as getting confirmed. But I do think that this is a pretty safe bet as of, hey, all these, to some extent, are real. Where yeah. is Helldivers 2? Because there's no way they guessed that one. Like, right. <laughs> right. But yeah, Sackboy Big Adventure is dope as fuck. And so I'm glad that um, this is finally coming to PC. Um, funny enough, I booted this up last week just because I had the craving. I was like, man, let me boot up some Sackboy. That game still, it still holds up. It's such a it's such a fun game that I think more people should check out. It was like one of my favorites from that launch lineup. Um, and so shout out to Sackboy Big Adventure. Oh yeah, I I loved playing it. I had a lot of fun with it. Did you ever do like the speedrun stuff? I have not. No. Did you did you complete like all the optional like speedrun stages? Because like I would get the notifications from people on my uh, mm-hmm. PlayStation page of like, hey, your friend just beat your score on this thing, and I was like. I wasn't even thinking about my score, but now now it's up there. Now I got to go back and play that thing. So I got into that a little bit, but I never I never um, dove deep into it. I haven't done that, no. But now that you mentioned that, that kind of makes me want to go back into it and do it. Dude, it's fun. I absolutely love that kind of stuff. 
Uh, let's keep talking about PlayStation with story number six. Sony XDev is working with Team Ninja on Rise of the Ronin. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Sony Interactive Entertainment's XDev Studio has confirmed it's collaborating with Team Ninja on Rise of the Ronin. Announced last week, the action RPG will be released as a PS5 console exclusive in 2024. Team Ninja president and game director Fumihiko Yasuda has said the game is, quote, undoubtedly the most ambitious and challenging project uh, the Japanese studio has undertaken, which may go some way to explaining Sony's involvement. Sony XDev works with external studios across the globe, providing production, management, design, and publishing, publishing support, among other services. Yasuda told the PlayStation blog last week that Sony has been supporting Team Ninja uh, since it start, started work on the project seven years ago. And senior XDev producer Jason Stewart tweeted on Monday, quote, privileged to work on an exciting title as Rise of the Ronin with Yasuda-san of Team Ninja Studio, uh, Team Ninja game producer Masaaki Yamagiwa, and our, our own Sony XDev JP team. Uh, it's pretty cool. Like, I, uh, this is one that popped yesterday that, like, at first I didn't pay too much of a mind of, but then I was like, Wait, Sony First Party is being is involved now in Rise of the Ronin, which mm -hmm. means that PlayStation really is trying to take ownership. Like, if you look at the games that XDev has worked on in the past, it's all, like, stuff that is very closely integrated with PlayStation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when you look yeah. through, it is Death Stranding Director's Cut, Returnal, Destruction All-Stars, uh, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, Dreams, Detroit Become Human, The mm -hmm. Inpatient, Matterfall, and the list goes on. But it's usually stuff that is either Sony First Party or very close to being First Party, which I think, you know, take this as a sign of, Oh, PlayStation now is investing deep into Team Ninja and specifically Rise of the Ronin. Like this, what they want this to be yeah. a core game for them. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting, especially because I think the audiences between Ghost of Tsushima and uh, this game overlap a little bit. Um, I know this game takes place later than Ghost of Tsushima. I believe 1863, if I remember correctly. Don't quote me. Um, so it definitely has, you know, it's its own gameplay elements and features. I believe the the trailer had like a little flying machine type thing he was using or like some fake wings he was using like Leonardo DiCaprio's machine in Assassin's Creed 2. Um, and like, obviously, there are going to be guns in it. So it, there's definitely some overlap there. And I think Sony's trying to capitalize on that, um, the popularity of Ghost of Tsushima. Mm hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see what uh, Team Ninja does. I've never really played uh, Neo or Ninja Gaiden. I played Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball when I was a kid, and I probably shouldn't have. Hell yeah. Um, like, that's the only Dead or Alive I've ever played. Um, but, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what this is. If I can put on my tinfoil hat for a second, yeah. right, and get into theorization on what Sony might be up to and the plans and all that stuff, right? Uh, Team Ninja hasn't put out Neo games exclusively on PlayStation for a minute, right? And like Rise of mm -hmm. Ronin is another, you know, Team Ninja game. Um, Wolong Fallen Dynasty is uh, is in there too. I, even though I don't think Wolong is exclusive to PlayStation, but it's another mm -hmm. Team Ninja game that like is of that same ilk. Um, I wonder if like they're trying to essentially like court them in a way where it's like, yo, let's continue. Let's either continue to get these games exclusive mm -hmm. on the platform. Or see if we can work out a first party situation here, yeah. right? Like, I don't know about buying Team Ninja because I don't know Team Ninja, Team Ninja's status, but we all know that the these like Souls like action games have been killing it for a decade now, right? And they're yep. becoming more and more popularized. They're becoming more and more appreciated. Elden Ring is selling like hotcakes. Like Elden Ring is one of the best selling games of the year, if not yep. the best selling game of the year right now. Um, 
I wonder if PlayStation's like, yo, we got to own somebody who can do that. And Team Ninja, I think, has been doing their thing. I know people who love Neo. Um, Riser Ronin has been has been uh, worked on for a while now. I would think that by the time that comes out, that is going to be a very quality, very like high tier Team Ninja game. I'll mm-hmm. hope, fingers crossed. Um, but even for me, playing, I played the Wolong Fall, Fallen Dynasty demo um, this weekend, and that was a dope demo. That's a dope video game right there. It was so dope that I went and I downloaded Neo Two, and now I'm ready yeah. to play Neo Two at some point um but like there's quality there that i think you know might not be as might might not be comparable in terms of how the audience perceives it to something like from software but i do think you know they're in the ballpark of but people appreciate this like people like this people dig what team ninja has to do i wonder if there i wonder if there's something there um at the very least obviously they're trying to get exclusives exclusives from from them so sony sees value in team in what team ninja does and so yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a, a fair assessment, especially with Microsoft buying studios left and right. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, Sony kind of has to has to keep up. And we kind of saw that with the Bungie acquisition. I mean, that was huge for them. And I know that's not something that you would immediately think that they would do because Bungie's more of a live service, um, you know, multiplayer company. And Sony historically uh, puts a lot of of marketing on their single player, you know, cinematic experiences. Um, so I think they're definitely trying to to court some more developers and see what they can do there. 1000%. Let's round out the Roper Report with story number seven. Ted Lasso and AFC Richmond officially are, have been announced for FIFA 23. This is Ryan Leston at IGN. You'll be able to select Jason Sudeikis' beloved Ted Lasso character as a usable manager in career mode, and AFC Richmond will be playable in career mode, kickoff, online friendlies, and online seasons. EA adds that, quote, a number of AFC Richmond items, including kits, Tifos, 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 I don't know what those are, uh, manager items, and other content will, be, will also be available uh, to unlock across FIFA Ultimate Team and pro clubs where applicable, end quote. As you'd expect, Richmond won't be a part of the Premier League in kickoff, uh, online friendlies, and online seasons, and will instead be located in the rest of the world section. Players Roy Kent, Jamie Tart, uh, Sam Obisanya, and Danny Rojas will all be in the squad, and fictional stadium Nelson Road will also be part of the game. I fucking love this. As somebody who I play, I, I have a history of playing a lot of FIFA. I haven't played mm-hmm. a lot of FIFA as of late, but like I used to love FIFA back in the day. But also, I love Ted Lasso. If if you've not watched Ted Lasso out there, go watch Ted Lasso. Jen, have you seen Ted Lasso? I have not. And oh, I, man, I, you're look, missing out. Look, you're missing out, every, Jen. Everyone tells me I have to watch it. There's There are a lot of shows I have to catch up on. Uh, I have yeah, not seen Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso needs to shoot up that list. Okay. This is one of the best comedies I've seen in years. It's great. It's great. Uh, but yeah, no, this is fucking awesome. And I, I want to give a shout out. We don't have time to play it, but Janet Garcia, uh, like a year ago, essentially predicted this. Uh, she put the clip up on Twitter of her talking about how like they need to add some sort of like Ted Lasso thing uh, to FIFA. And now it's here and I love it. Um, my one thing is that their stats better be shit. I don't want to see. I don't want to see these characters having ninety nines. Uh, they better be in the sixties or below. <laughs> and except for except for Danny Rojas, Danny Rojas his, his stats stats can be pretty good. Everybody else better suck on this team. Like that's 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 where I'm at with the with the stats situation on on, on this one. But um, like I'm excited Kent, for this. Roy Kent can be at like a seven and a half. Roy Kent, he's old though. Like he's old. Like, well, that's why that's why I dropped down. He used to be a ten. You know, he used to be great. He, you're he right. Be, he used to be a solid eight. Let's okay, maybe six and a half is right. Maybe six, six and, and a half. half is right. Like yeah. six and a half, I'll put Roy Kent at because, because of old age. 
God, I love Roy Kent. I'm gonna have to rewatch Ted Lasso now. Me too. So <laughs> no, let's watch Ted Lasso. Let's do let's do a watch along. Let's rent out uh, Tim Steele. I'm in. Let's fucking rent out Tim Steele. I'll just go kick him out. You know what I mean? I'll sneak in. Dude, sneak in, <laughs> kick him out, bro. Let's get cool, Reagan Wall too. Uh, Jen, I I can't wait yeah. to play as AFC Richmond in the next FIFA game, but. The release of FIFA is just so far away. I don't think it is. I think it's around the corner. But if I <laughs> want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Xbox Elite Wireless Controller Series 2 Core, that is the white version. Uh, we got Gundam Evolution for PC. Squad 51 versus the Flying Saucers for PC, the Outbound Ghost for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Switch, and then God's or God of Rifts launches in 1.0 on Steam today with support for MetaQuest and Rift. New dates for you, the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U image share services will be discontinued on October 25th. Uh, Picross S8 is coming September 29th to the Nintendo eShop, and then Wizorb is coming to Switch and eShop, or the Switch eShop on October 6th. We got one deal of the day for you. This comes from Wario64. God Eater 3 is $8.99 on the US eShop. Now, it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe, 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 globe. Uh, let's see here. Globe, 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 globe. Uh, Puff says, I think it's worth clearing up. Twitch does not get free or specially discounted services from AWS. Twitch is a business under the Amazon umbrella. Twitch has to buy it from AWS, just like the, uh, the Amazon.com store has to buy services from AWS and IMDB and all other businesses that Amazon owns. That's mm -hmm. a big, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Kevin also mentioned that during our um, ad break, but I didn't have time to correct it, so I appreciate that. Uh, somebody, Nano's writing in said PlayStation leaked Helldivers 2 footage. It's real. I mean, we know it's real because it's in that thing. Um, Nano says Wolong isn't console exclusive. It's coming Xbox uh, day one on Game Pass. Um, thank you for that. You know, I think we got that right, but uh, still, thank you for that. Um, actually, that was in the Xbox thing, so that makes sense. It's not a PlayStation exclusive. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Bandra Sen says, Jen said that Rise of the Ronin took place a little after Ghost of Tsushima time period-wise. Uh, she was right that Ronin takes place in the late 1800s. Ghost of Tsushima takes place in the late yes. 1200s, about 600 years before Ronin. So yes, earlier. Hell yeah. Nailed it. And then one more from Nano. Nano says, don't you dare insult Sam Obisanya like that, bless. He's the best player on AFC uh, Richmond. Is he, though? Is he? Is he? Let's be real here. All right, I love it. I love Sam Obisanya. He's one of my favorite characters. He's my Nigerian brother. But let's be real. Every player on that team fucking sucks. <laughs> Except for my guy, Danny How Rojas. How dare Rojas. you? <laughs> I, am I wrong? Did we not finish they, season one here? They, they got three good players. Took time to build them up. They're, they're getting there. Maybe by season yeah. three, we'll get in a place where AFC... Just, Jamie's, Jamie's good too, right? Like He just doesn't play well with others. And yeah, but like, like, that means you're not good. If you're not a good teammate... And can't well, pass. Well, yeah, but like... he's learned. He's learned. Well, I'll we'll see you yeah. next season. Uh, I can't wait. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's, I can't wait for you either. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are me and Funky Joseph, uh, formerly of Fanbyte. Uh, if you're watching this live on YouTube right now, over on Twitch after this is Warzone with Mike, Andy, and Nick. Uh, Jen, before we sign off, though, one, thank you so much for joining me. This has been Yeah, awesome. thank you. 
And then also, again, for people who want to follow your work, where can people find you? Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at Genlock95, J-E-N-L-O-C-K-E, and the number is 95. Hell yeah, go follow Jen, uh, show Jen some support, show Jen some love, and then also hire Jen. All right? Jen does great work <laughs> over at um, uh, Android Central, so please go do that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.